Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. So this is this is actually good in the city that you're from. 
So we we could we could dive into a lot of this, and, and I, I can't wait to start asking you questions about what I'm about to dive into from what happened yesterday in college football, at least. <clears throat> so let's let's go around the board. We got the MLB this situation. I'm gonna just get these scores out of the way. If you guys want to discuss any of them, we can, because uh, I know we have a a resident Braves fan that things have changed. For them, they they made a hell of a run. <laughs> I can't. I got to give you a ton of credit there. We we will dig into that. Well, well, I don't even know if I wanted more. Let's just do where they are situated or the score that they had yesterday. I'll just do where they're situated because uh, yeah, this, this is a heavy show. I got it. There's, there's a lot of there's a lot of shows today. There's a lot of shows today. Okay, so um, in the American League East, the Yankees are four and a half up, eighty four. <clears throat> 84 and 56 at this point in time. Uh, Tampa Bay 78 and 59. Toronto is 78 and 60. Baltimore 73 and 66. Boston is 68 and 72. Um, this is something that I want to talk about, and I'm gonna try to do this as quick as I can because there's a lot to get to. Um, the Yankees are four and a half up from Tampa when they had an incredible lead at the at one portion of time in the season. At one portion of the time in the season, we were thinking the Yankees are going to win over 110 games this season because of the run they're on. They probably won't get past 105. I think they can get to 100. I don't want to put the the cap on 100 wins, but I, I think they can get there. I think they'll get to like 105. 110 will be a reach. It'll be a reach, but I still think they get 100 wins on the season. Um, the Central, the Guardians are up 72-65. The White Sox are 72-68. The Twins are 69-69. The Royals are 56-84. and And the Tigers wrap this up at 54-85 and in the Central. The Central is very interesting right now with the Twins and the Guardians going at it. And the Guardians have gotten the edge in the series right now, winning the first of two. Uh, the White Sox gotten back into this being a game and a half back. So at least these three are something to watch. This is what makes this incredible for me every single year. I got to bite my nails and sit at the edge of the seat. Uh, the AL West is the, the Houston Astros, and there's nobody else really around them. Seattle is 78-61, 11 back. The Angels are 61-78, 28 back. The Rangers are 59-79, 29 and a half back. And the Oakland A's are 50-90, and 90, already eliminated at this point in time. Um, they're, they're clear-cut edge winners in this one division. The Astros are looking like, the best team in AL right now. Um, they are not slowing down. I figure out if any of these teams in the American League uh, playoff race can stop them. I think the Yankees are strong enough to get to them. Um, and depending on who the Central has, I, I, I still think they can compete with Houston, but I think Houston has the offense to go along with the pitching staff that's been able to cover them. And I really worry about what the Angels are going to do to try to hang on to at least the big two personalities that they have in uh, Trout and Otani. Uh, it's just not working out for them to continue to either be injured or losing badly on the season. Um, in the National League East, the Mets are 88 and 52. The Braves are 87 and 52, a half game back. Philly 77 and 62. The Marlins are 57 and 81, and the Nationals are 49 and 91, eliminated at this point in time. Um, <clears throat> I have to give Mr. Harvey his credit. Do we'll get back here? Uh, on the Braves to catch up this bad because the Mets are still having a decent season. Even, even though they were doing better, um, I do have to give Atlanta credit for making the run that they made in the past 
week or so. I really want to say the past two weeks to really give them the full credit, but I'll just say the week or so to cover myself. The NL Central, the Cardinals are 82-58. The Brewers are 74-66. The Cubs are 58-81. The Reds are 56-81. and And the Pirates are already eliminated at 51-87. Um, the Cardinals went on a run and, and held this for the duration of the season. They've been doing well. Uh, the Brewers were in the thick of things, but for them to be eight back, I don't know how much ground they can make up to get back into this thing. And, uh, yeah, everybody's out of the reach in the NL Central. 50 and 81 will be next, you know, with the, the way that the Cubs have been ever since they went their run uh, on that championship situation. Last but not least, we got the West, uh, the best team in baseball, the Los Angeles Dodgers are 95 and 43. The Padres are 77 and 63. The Giants are 66-73, the Diamondbacks are 65-73, and the Rockies are 61-79 to round out the West. Um, who slows down the Dodgers? Will it be another Dodgers-Astros World Series? Is this the rematch for real? Will this continue to be a thing? I don't know, but the Dodgers have been able to quietly have this storm of a season. I think they finish with 110 or better wins. I think they can do it. I think they can do it, and the way that they're leveling the competition in the National League, they can. Um, how do you guys feel about so far what's happened in the league, uh, National League and American League? I'll start with you first, Mike. Um, American League and National League. So American League, you know, the, the White Sox have clawed back into that central. They were the trendy pick going into the season. So it's still going to be interesting to see how – you know, that race ends up, I think all three of those teams are still sort of in contention. Uh, you know, the story in the American League really has been Baltimore as in, you know, just being able to be, you know, uh, competitive, you know, because going into the season, a lot of people thought that, you know, those two beltway teams, Baltimore and Washington, could be the two worst teams in baseball next to Oakland. Everybody knew Oakland was going to be bad, and everybody knew Pittsburgh was going to be bad. Uh, Seattle. Uh, continues to firm up like they got a big series with the Braves this weekend. Uh, now they got 78 wins, so they are uh, really starting to firm up their standings in the wild card slot, which is nice because I, if I, my memory is right, I think that Seattle has the longest playoff drought of any professional sports team uh, right now. So, you know, they they have a chance to be on that stage and they have a chance to win the, win the series from the Braves today. So, But I think Houston is still, like, they got the offense, like you said. They got a lot of pitching. I think the road, you know, to the World Series is definitely going to go through Houston and the American League. In the National League, uh, something like since June 1st, the Braves have been, <laughs> been like 63-25 and 25 or something ridiculous. And four of those losses were in one series against the Mets. They lost four out of five. But they came back a week and a half later and won three out of four. The Mets do have the easier schedule. The Braves have one more in Seattle, and then they play at San Francisco before they come home from Philly. Uh, the Mets are through with Philly, so uh, the Mets get the Marlins. And they got a little bit of a, of a softer schedule, so we'll see. I mean, it's still set up for the Mets to win the division, but, man, hey, look, the uh, – the Braves have really come back and made a race out of it. And the Mets are still a very, very good baseball team. Uh, you know, they just lost Scherzer for a piece this week, so we'll see how long he's out, if he's able to make his next start. The Mets need both of those guys at the top of that rotation, Scherzer and DeGrom. That being said, if you have those two guys at the top of the rotation, 
the Mets and or Braves or even quietly the Cardinals could challenge the Dodgers. As good as the Dodgers look right now, they look like the clear-cut favorite. I still worry about their pitching with Bueller out and Kershaw has kind of been spotty in the postseason, as we know. So I still worry about their pitching come postseason time, but they might be able to outslug everybody. Uh, the last thing that I'll say in the National League right now is it does look like St. Louis has really kind of put some space between them and Milwaukee. It looks like that Milwaukee's path to the playoffs is going to have to be via wild card, so they're going to have to try to catch, I don't know, Philly or San Diego. They're not going to catch uh, – they're not going to catch Atlanta or New York, whichever one of them doesn't win that division. So – uh, that's going to be their one path in. And the Phillies, man, like, even as a third-place team in that National League East, uh, the Phillies have a chance to be a potentially dangerous team in the playoffs. you got Bryce Harper back. they got a decent offense, and you got a couple frontline pitchers in Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler. So, uh, you know, they could present problems, you know, on the road in the playoffs, depending on which, which spot they have, whether it be four or five. If they're a four seed, then they'll get to play that three-game series at home. If they're five, they'll have to travel. But, uh, listen, you're only as good as your next day's starting pitcher. So, uh, the Phillies could be one of those teams. It could be a fly in the ointment for one of these teams come uh, come playoff time. Uh, the one team they don't want to see is the Mets, though. Uh, and in the regular season against the Mets, they were 5-14, and 14, though they have split so far with the Braves over the course of this series. So, that's what I got on both leagues right now. I'm looking forward to seeing how the season ends. And oh, yeah, Mike Trout coming back. I think now six games straight with home runs. Um, the record is eight by Dale Long, Don Mattingly, and I want to say King Griffey Jr., at least one or two other guys. So Mike Trout homer in six straight games since he's been back. So uh, nice to see him back and, uh, and at least hitting the ball a little bit. You mentioned the, uh, the Angels earlier. I don't know what they're going to do, but. Uh, those are my thoughts on both leagues real quick. And it sucks because he's coming back now, and uh, they're out of the way. Like, there's too much ground for the Angels to try to make up to get back into this thing, and they're under 500, and this continues to happen while he's continuing to be injured season after season. So that's the tough part about Trout. Uh, Chandler, your thoughts about what I mentioned, American or National League, um, how tight these races have got, and, and you could talk about your city of New York as a whole or either league, however you want to handle it. Well, I'm starting National League. Um, you said who's going to stop the Dodgers? Dave Roberts is going to stop the Dodgers like he always does. The, the Dodgers, if you think about the – I'll just go to the past five years, have been the most talented roster in baseball, hands down. How many World Series have they won? One, because Dave Roberts and, and that nerd analytics staff are clowns. Um, so Dave Roberts is going to stop the Dodgers like he always does. The Phillies, it sucks. I mean, I like Girardi, but they gave him eight position players, five of whom should be playing DH. So uh, what, was it, what was he supposed to do? But the fact that when he left, they started playing better simply because the young players finally got clarity on whether or not they were going to play is, is fine, but I don't really expect them to do anything. Cardinals, as usual, are in first place in September. <laughs> I don't care what happens the first few months of the season. Come September, the Cardinals are going to be in first place. That's just that's like death and taxes with, with them. Uh, the American League West, I thought the Padres would, would be better. They're not. 
Uh, I don't know what's going on in San Diego, but there's too much talent for that team to not make the playoffs, and they're probably not going to make the playoffs. So I don't know what's going on there. And Mets fans need to calm down. That team's going to win over team is going to win over 100 games. Why are you crying? Okay? This is the best Mets team in years. Stop whining, Mets fans. You'll be fine. It's not like you didn't expect the Braves to be there. You know, <laughs> oh, you, you thought there was going to be a walkover? <laughs> no. And, you know, everybody keeps saying the Mets have a soft schedule. The teams that they're playing might be losing teams, but these are teams that give the Mets fits, good years or bad years. The, the Marlins always give the Mets fits in September. I mean, you can go all the way back to the, that season where everybody said they collapsed. What was the team they couldn't beat in September? The Marlins. So this is not actually an easy schedule for the Mets because a lot of the teams they play on the teams that they normally don't beat, When you know, anyway. In the American League, it's funny. Tony La Russa decided to go home and day drink at home instead of the dugout, and now the White Sox are back in the race in the Central. So he took his clown show on the road, and now the team is winning. Yeah, I hate Tony La Russa. <laughs> He never should have been So, um, and I'm sorry, but Baldelli needs to be fired. I don't know what the hell he's doing. I watched those those four games against the Yankees. I don't know what the hell he's doing with it, with his his pitch hitting, his defensive substitutions. Dude, you guys are kicking the ball all over the place. Um, the roster, he, he, he can't handle that he roster. It, 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 no, as good as he did his first year, it, it, it's bad as how bad he's falling ever since that 100-win season. It's bad as falling. Yeah, and, and and Buxton, I'm sorry, man. Dude, you got to figure out a way to stay healthy. You have to. Um, It, it don't make no sense because that team can't win without Byron Buxton. If you look at their mm-hmm. record with him and without him, it's ridiculous how much, how, how, how wide the gap is. Um, the Angels, as usual, are losing. Um, and they were losing even when they had Trout and Otani in the lineup on a regular basis. So I'm sorry. That 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 that's a. I'm tired of hearing about how great Otani and Mike Trout are when your team is consistently in last place. Miss me with all the oh they're so great. Yes, they're very good, very talented. But miss me with how great they are when their team's in last place all the time. I'm 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 sick of it. I'm sick of it. Don't tell me you're MVP and you and you can't get your team in a wild card when it's fifty thousand wild card teams. All right, and you pitching and hitting and y'all still can't. I ain't trying to hear it. Um, but yeah, the, the road is going to go through. It's going through Houston again. And, and Ty, you know this. I've wanted Brian Cashman fired for 20 years. You know this. So this is not new. Because once again, you have a team full of hitters who are all or nothing. And when they get into the postseason, they're going to lose games 2-1, to 3-2. to two. They're going to leave a bunch of runners on base. And the only guy who's going to hit is probably going to be Judge and Stanton. And everybody else is going to strike out because they're all swinging. they all they all dipping the back shoulder and loading up and back-legging everything. Um, that's why even this earlier season when they were winning, I said it was a mirage because if you looked, Hicks hasn't hit all year. Gleyber Torres really hasn't hit all year. Donaldson hasn't hit all year. And that was even when they were winning, these guys weren't hitting. Okay? Hicks hasn't hit all year, and they finally benched him. So, and, and miss me with, oh, you can't bring the kids up. The Atlanta Braves are bringing up people from single-A ball, okay? And, they, and, they, and they're fighting for rookie of the year, but you can't bring up a triple-A player. So, I, I'm not trying to hear it. The Yankees are going to do what, they, what they've been doing because Hal Steinbrenner is more concerned with not paying the luxury tax. They're going to make the playoffs. They'll get close to the LCS. Or they'll get to the LCS, and they'll lose. And then they'll, they'll feed us this nonsense, but they, won, but they won the American League East. Don't care. Um, Seattle, to me, 
and Baltimore are the two best stories going in baseball because the way both of those teams started and where they are now, they, they both of those managers need to win manager of the year because they have done an amazing job. I mean, Baltimore done brought up the entire damn farm system, and they still have a shot at making a wild card. The Mariners are going to make the wild card. So those two teams, to me, are the two best stories in baseball this year is, is Baltimore and Seattle, which goes to show that if you manage your team properly, even in the small market, you can win. Well, one, this is the interesting thing. Well, Cashman is my neighbor, so I don't, I don't know if I could go to his crib. No, I'm he ain't my neighbor, but he his city borders mine, so that's another thing. Two, um, I wonder the Yankees are in a very fickle situation. If they lose this year, right? If they don't win the World Series, Judge, I think leaves. I think that, that the money that they could try to throw at him now, if he walked away from. Well, it was I think it was like two thirteen they offered him or something, and knowing that he knows that he's worth that, and I feel like he's worth better than that too. He's a Cali boy in the middle of New York. I don't think he likes New York in fall and winter. So if if y'all don't throw him a a big contract, he's gonna leave. So that's another thing. And then two, I don't even know whether to feel like good, bad, happy, or sad about some situation that happened in New York. But a former twin is on the Yankees and Aaron Hicks, and watching that happen to him. Uh, in New York is like I don't know whether to like be happy about it or sad because it's like I I know why the Twins got rid of him because he has those instances and he turns into a strikeout king and then it just he I don't even know how you can lose your knack to want to play in New York. Um, he didn't even realize the ball was in play and and he got yanked mid game so it, it's tough to see Hicks go through it. I've seen Judge try to come there to support him but at this point in time while they're in November I mean well in September going into October. It's going to be very interesting to see if the Yankees can hang on and still dominate the league like they did in the spring and going into the summer, too. That's just a a thing right now. I, I can't believe the Yankees not only have fallen this bad, but I they're, they might struggle to get to that 105 mark. I think they'll get to the 100, and the 100 is a question, but I think they'll get it. I think they'll get it, but it's, it's a question now. Like, they're huffing and puffing here at the finish line, so – this is an incredible situation that the Yankees are faced with at this point in time. Um, I, I can do this. I can do this. I can do this baseball stuff because this is great. This is what I love about September. Just the bird month of general. The bird month of general make these races look good. And um, the way the Yankees, when they were like, when they got to the All-Star break, the Yankees could go 50% and they'll still get 100-something wins. I, I don't know what percentage they're at now. They're probably at like 30% if this is the case. Nobody's seen them fall this bad. So, but they're, they're still up. They still have the American League East, regardless of how I look at that. And um, the Rays are in their rear view, but I didn't think that the Rays are, or anybody, anybody in that division for that matter, to make it interesting for the Yankees. But this is one yeah, of those, see, you know, you got to play the game. One more interesting thing on the Yankees to me, one of the things that's really hurting them now is the, their starting pitching depth because Severino's gotten hurt. They've had other guys banged up. And the interesting thing is, is that the trade deadline, they trade away Jordan Montgomery, who's been really good in St. Louis. They trade away another guy who's come out of the pen for the Nationals. They trade away two or three different guys who could be starting pitching depth for them uh, for a guy like Harrison Bader, who's not even playing right now. It, it's it's interesting to me because I don't, I don't understand 
Um, I don't understand why they did that when that's one of their biggest Achilles heels right now is their pitching, and they just traded away a lot of that starting pitching depth. Because Brian Cashman has never been able to cultivate pitching. He can take a below-average bullpen guy and make him look good. But the 25 years he's, he's, managed the, he's been the general manager, there's a laundry list of pitchers that he's traded away and said they would never be good who turned out to be good. There are pitchers who were good that came to the Yankees and suddenly they were terrible, left the Yankees, became good again. This has been his Achilles heel for 25 years. For 25 years, going all the way back to trading Ted Lilly, to trading Ian Kennedy, to screwing up uh, 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 Pineda, Paxson, Sonny Gray. It's a laundry list, man. It's a laundry list. Think about the fact that the only pitcher that has come out of the Yankees minor league system that have any a modicum of success is Severino in 25 years. But you traded Jordan Montgomery for a guy in a walking boot. You traded J.P. Sears, who was killing it in Oakland. You traded Waldachuk, who looks pretty good in Oakland, for a guy in a walking boot. And by the way, Waldachuk was good against the Braves the other day. He actually, I know, I was impressed by him. Yeah, and Montas, the problem isn't Montas. The problem is that he can't handle New York. He is a sink. He is a, 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 a he throws a split. He's a split fastball sinker slider, right? He most of the pitches that he threw in Oakland were split and sinker and fastball. He didn't throw a slider a lot. The Yankees try to make pitchers throw a lot of sliders. That's not his best pitch. It's a great pitch, but it's not his. It's not even his second best pitch. So they have him pitching against his nature. When you pitch against your nature, you don't pitch well. When Sonny Gray left the Yankees, the first thing he said was, they didn't let me be me. They wanted me to throw sliders, and I'm not a slider pitcher. They're doing the same thing to Montes. So everybody's killing Frankie Montes. This is not because he got to New York and forgot how to pitch. It's because they're asking him to do something that goes against what he's been doing for as long as he's been a, a professional. Well, I'm going to be honest. I really thought the way that the Yankees did start this season, I thought there was nobody stopping this locomotive. I still think at this point in time right now, the Yankees will not bring it back to the Bronx. And the question will remain ever since 2009, when will another one come back? It's been that long of a drought. Nobody nobody's really looking or thinking about that. It's This is 13 years right now that the Yankees have not gotten one. Um, from the 2000s to, like, the 90s, that was them. They were going crazy ever since Chuck Knobloch went over there and helped them out. But at this point in time, they're on a 13-year drought. Um, they do have the bats to, like, make a difference in the game, and it is still the mystique of the Yankees that they can still win games in the 6th, 7th, 8th inning. They can still do that to you and then have the door shut on you. So, People can't take them light. They can't go under the Bronx and lally gag on them. Um, and and the, the Astros can't really just think, oh, we we got the edge on them this season that we could just coast in the one. They got to go out there and earn it just as much as the Yankees got to make it interesting too. So we will see how this just to, does go down. No, go ahead. Just to tie that up, they won, they won three out of four. I'm sorry, they won four out of five, and they won five in 13 years. And if they don't win this season, it'll be 13 years since they've won one. 
So, and, and I don't know, and if it, if they don't get, <laughs> if they don't win the World Series this year, I think Judge will leave because I feel like he could probably go to another team that's closer to where he's from in California and try to make some magic happen. You know what I'm saying? I, I don't know. The Yankees, they got to figure this out now. I think Donaldson will end up leaving too, I'm, whether they release him or um, he'll want to go somewhere else because that's the same thing that just happened to him the past couple of seasons before he came to the Twins. It, it, like, he's been looped around the league. It, 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 at times he has a great bat, but, like, he falls asleep when it's latter part of the season. It's just it's something about him. And right now it's happening in New York, and this <laughs> this market don't play. New York don't play at all, at all. So we we will see what they can do moving forward. That That's just at least the Yankees for now. The Mets, too. The Mets have made this interesting in the American League East and uh, – I mean, National League East, excuse me. And um, them and the Braves, we'll, we'll see who hangs on to that division. It's always interesting, especially with the Mets. The Mets always do something crazy in the season. You got to shake it. Okay. okay. So I'm going to do this as best as I can because I have one of those um, out-of-the-way stories. There's always something like that in college football where, like, uh, you know, you got your upsets, your wins, your losses, so on and so forth. But then it's a story that people probably won't pay attention to and it's like my on oh, my my version of the where are you now or my rant. I'm gonna I'm gonna start doing this now. This is like your your slice of pecan pie. So I got to do something like that. But I'm gonna do the top 25, and then I'm gonna give you the story, or at least one of the games that I paid attention to as of latter party yesterday. I wasn't paying attention to it when it went down or when the score went down, but I had to really like let it hit me. It had I had to absorb the situation, and I'm here, y'all. Okay, so top 25. The Alabama Crimson Tide beats Texas in a nail-biter, 20-19. to 19. Uh, This took place in Austin, Texas. The the atmosphere was electric. I can't even lie. Texas, I give you credit. I've been talking junk. I've been talking junk like Alabama was going to roll you guys. They won by one point, and they needed to win by one point. They needed to. You guys were up. I give you guys credit. The next one, Georgia is still looking like the champ shutting out Samford. I never really heard of this school. I mean, I've heard of them be played before, but come on, you guys. Anyway, 33 nothing shutout, and this took place in Athens. Ohio State wins this matchup up against Arkansas State, 45-12. to Michigan wins up against Hawaii. Hawaii comes to the big house, 56-10. to Clemson wins their matchup up against Furman, 35-12. to Appalachian State with the upset of the day, 17-14 to up against Texas A&M in College Station, Texas. Oklahoma wins their matchup against Kent State, 33-3. Another upset, Marshall goes into South Bend, Indiana, and beats Notre Dame, 26-21. Can the Fighting Irish survive without Brian Kelly? Things that make you go, hmm. Upset happens in the mountain region as Baylor wins their matchup up against, I mean, they lose, excuse me, BYU wins the matchup up against Baylor, 26-20 as BYU is a 21-ranked. A team in the nation. Baylor is top 10 in loss on the road. USC wins their game up against Stanford 41-28. to Oklahoma State wins their matchup up against Arizona State 34-17. Kentucky wins their matchup up against Florida 26-10, to winning by 10 in the swamp. Utah wins in a shellacking 73-7. to uh, After their loss last week to Florida, they are taking no prisoners. Michigan State wins their game shutout 52 to nothing up against Akron in East Lansing. The Miami Hurricanes win their matchup up against Southern Mississippi, 30-7. to Arkansas wins their matchup up against South Carolina, 44-30. to um, I'm going to stop here just for a quick little 
10 seconds. Just give me 10 seconds, y'all. Um, I have not liked this guy in the past year and a half. I'll do that. So Spencer Rattler was in Oklahoma, and he didn't close out that season, his second to last season in Oklahoma well. So they were like preseason Heisman candidate. They were looking at him. This is last season. And then he had a couple of bad games, and he went to that game against Texas, threw four picks. They turned things around through Caleb, and Caleb ends up being the starter for the remainder of the season. They send him to South Carolina like he's going to change things, change the whole atmosphere, and they're still questionable with him at the helm and thinking that he's going to be another preseason Heisman guy, and he's still not having the season that they want him to have. I mean, even though Arkansas was at home, I feel like he has to turn his corner, especially to impress people going into the pros next season because he's one of the quarterbacks that's going to leave. Um, I, I don't know. This, this, this is something that bothers me with Spencer Rattler. Hopefully he turns this thing around and could. I want to be fair with a number, make this an eight and four season for South Carolina so it can look respectable for him going into the league. But they're still heavy on him. But let me keep on going. So the next matchup I have, Tennessee wins their matchup up against Pittsburgh, 34 to 27. North Carolina State wins their matchup against Charleston Southern, 55-3. Washington State with an upset up against Wisconsin in Badger, well, Camp Randall. Let me get it the right way, 17 to 14. Ole Miss wins their matchup against Central Arkansas, 59 to three. Wake Forest wins their matchup, 45-25, up against Vanderbilt. And Houston loses to round out the top 25 to Texas Tech, 33 to 30. I tell you, the Big 12. That's that's the one thing that bothers me about the Big 12. Nobody plays defense at all. But that's just me. <clears throat> them, them scores get crazy. But that's what makes those games. The Big 12. That is like what you see is what you get in the Big 12. I can't really fully. Uh, get mad at what goes on because football is football. I, I love it regardless. Now, <clears throat> I said I had a story within a story because there are some other games that took place. Uh, Duke beat Northwestern in Northwestern, and Northwestern had a big win last week. Uh, Kansas State blows out Missouri. Um, I'm really trying to get to the one I really want to get to. Oh, Illinois with the big win up against Virginia. Virginia does have a good team returning. And them losing to an Illinois State that's trying to find an identity after all of the coaching coaching switches, things of that nature. Kansas comes up with a big win up against West Virginia, uh, winning, winning this game in overtime, 55-42. to 42. Incredible how oh, that went down too. also. Exactly. Uh, exactly. Um, bad thing in UConn, uh, they losing again with what's new, 48-14, losing by 34 points. Um, state of emergency said by the, the governor. I don't know how they're going to turn this thing around. I don't care who coaches the team. But the game that I wanted to talk about took place in Omaha, Nebraska. Georgia Southern wins this matchup up against Nebraska, 45-42. to 42. Um, <clears throat> I, I'm not going to lie. I, I, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm a guy from – you know, born in the 80s, uh, football was a thing for me for, like, the late 80s, 90s. Nebraska was a team that I grew up watching them run this option from Osborne, so on and so forth. They they had the good athlete, the good coaches, so on and so forth. I remember this school being a powerhouse. Nebraska was a powerhouse. They are a laughing stock right now. They can't make a difference in any conference they're in, whether they were in the Big 12 or coming to the Big Ten, they can't make a difference right now. They're playing against tougher schools. Nobody's even looking at them like they're a threat. They're going in there trying to take their lunch. And um, Scott Frost being the coach that I'm going to talk about right now, and I don't know whether to be the good guy or the bad guy in this situation, but he's gone from 
job to job to job, and I, I guess he has the appeal or him being in the league or him having that good run at UCF is what's selling it right now. But for him to come out of the gate and lose already week one and then come turn around and be home up against Georgia Southern, and I can't really totally poo-poo Georgia Southern like they're that bad, but I think that Nebraska should have the edge. I looked at this at the beginning of the season like this is one of the games they're going to win. I said Nebraska's going to win this game, and they lose. They lost at home. Like, this is bad. I was reading something this morning that said Scott Frost, Better be going right to that locker room and packing every bag that he sees losing this game. But he's going to be able to hang on to it. I don't think they cut him or fire him now. It's too early in the season. But it's bad the way that he's come out the gate losing. This this is bad that Nebraska will not be able to turn around. I think all the stud athletes that I've seen in the 90s come there won't come there anymore. Players aren't coming to Nebraska just to come to play football anymore. I feel bad that we watched that just totally dry out like a desert. Um, but I'm going to go around the room and see how you guys feel about it. Chandler, I'll come to you first from all of the scores that you've heard or games that you want to talk about or scenarios that you've seen, your thoughts on the top 25 or the round out of some of the scores or the Scott Frost situation in Nebraska. Well, I mean, the Appalachian State I love because, you know, I think Jimbo Fisher is a fraud. Um, so I thought that was great uh, that they won. Uh, honestly, I think if Appalachian State was in uh, Conference USA or, or I think if they were in the Big 12, I think they would be a conference title contender every year. Uh, I really do. That team is that good. But Scott Frost, Scott Frost shouldn't have been brought back, first of all. He should not have been brought back. And it's obvious that they have to let him go, but because he's such a beloved son of Nebraska, they're stuck. Right now, they're stuck. If they fire him, there is still a large segment of of the boosters, not the fan base, but the boosters, that are going to be upset because they love them from Scott Frost. Why? I don't know. Um, I think he is best suited as a mid-major coach. You give him some two- and three-star guys, and he he can do work with them in a conference filled full of two- and three-star guys. He's not getting five stars. He don't know how to coach him. He makes poor decisions. His decision-making is awful. He can't keep his hands off the offense. You brought in Mark Whipple, who we know is a great offensive mind, and you start second-guessing him in the media after the first loss. You're second-guessing him in the media after the second game that you won. Now whose fault is it, Scott? He has pointed fingers at everybody. It was Blake. It was it was the quarterback. Uh, what was the kid's name? Adrian Martinez, I think his name was. It was always something. It was never him. All his excuses are gone. This, I mean, Chip Helton basically got banished from USC, okay? And the only job he could get was Georgia Southern, and he he came into your house and beat you, okay? That is their first ever win over a Power 5 school, ever. Mm-hmm. That is their first ever win over a Power 5 school. That's bad. That's bad. Okay? That's bad. Okay? I mean, think about it. Chip Helton, all they say about Chip Helton, he's a nice guy, but he can't coach. Apparently, he can coach better than Scott Frost. <laughs> Clay. 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 So, you know, I'm just saying. Um, honestly, what Nebraska needs to do is stop going for the homegrown 
former hero. They need to clean house. They need to go bring in one of these bright young offensive minds. Again, I would reach out to the NFL and get somebody that has played in the NFL that people know a name they know, but who can actually coach and start getting you some of those three and four stars, let them coach them up, and start rebuilding your program from the ground up. Act like the, the those those act like the eighties and the nineties never happened. Start from scratch. That's what I would do, but that's not what they're gonna do. That's all. Will we ever see them get back to like that that option and then set up for a pass or something like that? Can they ever get up to the option situation? Because when they were back then with Tommy Frazier, Frost, and those guys, uh, and, and Crouch, like to throw him in there too. They they were all option, all run, all downhill, everything. And then once the, you know Colorado figured that out, they totally went away from it and didn't know how to like even play football to me. And then it's like you bring in personality after personality to try to turn Nebraska around, and it's just not happening. So um, yeah. I, I wonder when they, what mind do they get to want to settle down and go to Nebraska, try to turn that thing around, and that's going to take, to me, I want to be fair with a number. That's going to take like three to five years <laughs> for that to turn around in Nebraska. I, I just don't know. But we'll, we'll see. Mike, I'm, I'm going to get to you because I, I, I know, I know. I'm, I'm trying to feed you guys the best I can. The top 25 scores and games. Um, some of the upsets and your thoughts on the Frost situation or another game that I may have missed that you'd like to touch on as well. Okay, first of all, uh, I love you, my brother. And I knew when I was when I was going through looking at the top 25 and I knew all the different games, like obviously I watched a lot of football yesterday. But I knew that I was like, I don't even have to worry about bringing up Scott Frost. Time's going to do that for me. That's, like, that's going to be the done. I, I knew that was already going to be uh, – that subject was already going to be raised. I don't know what the guy's plan is, and I don't know if he's the answer, but listen, I can tell you this. <clears throat> I live in the Midwest. I've lived in this area for the last five years. Um, I live in Des Moines, Iowa, which is not much. It, it's a bigger city with more going on than Lincoln, Nebraska. Lincoln's even smaller without as much to do, and that college is sort of the center of the town. And the wintertime sucks. And so – you look at more programs out of the South and how, like, it's a different college football landscape now. Uh, Nick Saban woke up the LSU program. Alabama's come back. The, uh, <clears throat> Texas and A&M still get talent. I, I honestly think that probably the best thing for Nebraska would be to be, com- to be competing against Big 12 schools. They won't ever do it because of the money in the Big Ten. But I honestly think that was a bad move for regional interest in that school, too, in, in some ways. But that's – you've got other emerging programs. Clemson's alive, and they weren't really that good in the 90s. you got other programs that have woke up. And so it's not as uh, it, it's not as easy a landscape anymore. I mean, can you win there? Sure. But it's not a program that you're going to be a perennial national championship contender. I mean, j- just because this has been done at Alabama and Clemson's been in the conversation every year coming out of the SEC, I, you're not, I don't know that they're ever going to be to a point where what we saw from them in the 90s was that, it, you know, is going to be there again for the University of Nebraska. I think we, you know, not, you, Chandler just mentioned acting like it never happened. Um, well, w- whether we act like it or not, it probably never will again. So uh, I will say that. 
as far as uh, other things, Chandler, that's another thing you and I agree on, too. I've said before on this show, on many other places, Jimbo Fisher's not necessarily that guy. Uh, now, you know, maybe the glass half full is you just had a huge recruiting class this last year. You're going to have another one. You don't have your great quarterback yet, so it may take you a little bit more time to be able to see the longer picture. I think with the amount of contract that Jimbo has, he's going to have enough rope to continue to uh, hang himself if it doesn't work out in the next couple of years, I guess. Uh, but he is uh, – I've said he's not that guy. Just like last year, they beat Alabama and Auburn and they lost everybody else in the division. But looking over the stats, I mean, looking over like what teams have going next week, they're still one of the, one of the most high-profile, like maybe the biggest-profile game in college football next week against uh, Miami. And for Miami's sake, like I think, I think it'll be a good game no matter what. <clears throat> um, I just hope Miami will commit to running the ball a little bit earlier and let the passing game kind of. Uh, bleed into that uh, as good as that quarterback is he'll make all the plays but I think they need to commit to running the ball earlier in the game uh, next week Southern gave them a little bit of a of a game but Miami at Texas A&M next week is going to be exciting I'm looking forward to that I would say uh, you know for the first time in the history of the two schools uh, LSU and Southern played yesterday and if you can find it on YouTube or anywhere check it out uh, even the uh, the band, like the halftime show, was actually really good. Southern played first, and LSU played, and they played together and formed a heart in the two two five for that new Jericho uh, on the field, and all did some shit together with all the fans interacting. It was a it was a really cool deal um, for uh, that game. I thought Southern showed some fight. They're going to be competitive. You know, uh, Mississippi State, LSU's opponent next week, one on the road at Arizona in the Pac twelve. Jackson State went 16-3 to over Eddie George and Tennessee State. And what they are saying is going to be Jackson State's last uh, appearance in the Southern Heritage Classic, which is in that annual game with Tennessee State. So we'll see what happens there. I think Dion is just dead. No, that's the best thing for their schedule moving forward. So we'll see uh, what happens on there. It's interesting that Kentucky went 31 years without beating Florida. Now they've won three out of the last five. And some people were saying in the barbershop last night, Kentucky's got to do it this year because that Will Levis is leaving or whatever. They got a decent quarterback, but they've also continued to get talent there. So as long as they have another quarterback, like uh, Mark Stoops has actually done a, a very good job at Kentucky. I was impressed with Texas. Uh, even with a backup quarterback, who knows what happens if that if their starter doesn't go out? That's that's an interesting thing too because I really thought that uh, Texas's offensive game plan was very vanilla. They made a few plays when they had to, but uh, it was almost like when they played in the national title game and they had to play, you know, Gail Gilbert, who ended up transferring elsewhere uh later on instead of being able to play Colt McCoy at quarterback due to injury. So um I was sort of in the mindset of that. I think it'll be interesting to see if this wakes Alabama up or if Texas has exposed some flaws and then that others are able to exploit throughout the season. I'm interested to see that. Uh, as big a upset as 
as the Appalachian State game is that uh, Marshall wins. It's only their second win on the road against the ranked opponent, but Marshall winning at Notre Dame. It's huge. Notre Dame projected to be top five, top ten team. I mean, a lot of people thought they would lose their opener against Ohio State, but kind of thought they could be a team that could run the table from there. So to see them drop that game to Marshall uh, is very much a surprise. You mentioned one double-A, you mentioned Georgia Southern, um, and you said if App State was a Conference USA team, uh, one of the reasons why Georgia Southern has never won a game like this is they haven't played a ton of them, and they were a one double-A program uh, in the same ranks with, like, South North Dakota State, Montana, Montana State, and all those guys. For many, many years, they just now made this jump to Division One. But there's some pretty good programs that have formed that Sun Belt League again in Appalachian State, Georgia Southern, Georgia State, who uh, Georgia State's pushed two teams, uh, you know, played pretty well this week as well. So that there's a couple of Florida teams still in there. Southern Mississippi has just jumped over and joined that conference. So there could be a point in time where, depending on how these conferences shake out, that conference could rank right up there with Conference USA as far as, the other like non-power five leagues or whatever, and that champion or the best team out of there having a chance to play or to make the playoffs. So, but I, I just I look at the top twenty-five and it was a lot of fun matchups, some cool upsets. Um, listen, Baylor found out that BYU is a tough place to go play as mm-hmm. well with that altitude mm-hmm. and everything else. Uh, Baylor is probably the better team, and there are people that have said that they could win the Big 12, and who knows what will happen. They still might. Uh, but, you know, that's that's not an easy game to go play at BYU. And so uh, I hate to see that. And then USC, I mean, they're putting up the numbers that I thought they could put up with Lincoln Riley. Uh, but Stanford also, I'm curious to see Stanford throughout the year to see what they end up being because I still look and say, well, Stanford put up a good many points on them. So, uh, you know, is USC going to be like any other Big 12 Lincoln Rally team? Are they going to get exposed on defense? Uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. Uh, but, you know, not as many great games next week, so just kind of a chance to take a look at teams and, you know, get a feel for how you think they may match up. But Alabama, I'm sorry, A&M and Miami going to be a very good game. LSU and Mississippi State, a good game for kind of middle of the pack. Uh, rankings in the SEC, uh, but not that many huge games next week. So I'm glad we uh, enjoyed it this week. And next week, most teams will be able to just kind of relax and enjoy their team. Where time you and I will be uh, a couple of fan bases that are kind of uh, on the edge of our seats, waiting to see how we uh, how we come out next weekend. That is a fact, and um, I see I see Chandler. So you you must have been watching that game closely too, the the Baylor uh, BYU game. You, you must have felt some type of way when Mike mentioned that game too. Um, yeah, that, that's dude, the one that, that game was electric. The game was electric, man. That was a really good game. That is the one thing that does bother me about the Big Twelve is that the Big Twelve they have those big name schools, and then they'll play a big team and they'll play a defense that's going to actually give them stops and running up on them when they're not playing defense. That's the one thing Baylor needs to figure out. Like, can you tell me the last time there was a defensive stud out of Baylor ever? Uh, about five years ago, I think, there was a couple of guys yeah, but that were really good defensively. The one is, 
the one advantage I would say, though, is as long as they get the right offensive people in mind, their coach is a defensive guy, right? He's architect. He's been the architect of some very good defenses. So, and systems that have put guys in the NFL and guys that are doing well right now, just not at Baylor. But these are guys that he's getting to buy into the system, and he's doing an all right job uh, recruiting there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that that, okay. that that defense. It was they didn't lose because of the defense last night. It, it, the offense let them down last night. Yeah, but I'm I'm just saying in general, like Big Twelve wise, you can't really come up with like studs that stick. Let alone out of Baylor in a situation where they're going to need that stop up against BYU because BYU is more or less known of their offensive prowess. I can't think of BYU being a, a defensive juggernaut, never. Like, they've had players come out of there. I mean, Ziggy Anser came to the Lions, but he was just a, a pass rusher. Like, he, like his, you know, dynamic on the field was still questionable because he just learned the sport. But it's like you're not really getting a lot of defensive studs out of BYU, too. So I feel like there's a situation yeah. where Baylor had to turn, the, the you know, the gasoline up on the, uh, the offense, if you will, to, to knock off a BYU team, especially going into that yeah. type of environment. So that that's how I feel in that scenario. Okay, so we will oh, get away from Tom, that. Oh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Just, I forgot to say it, but the Spencer Rattler thing, well, I don't know why anybody thinks that that kid was, was a Heisman uh, candidate from the very beginning. He is not good under pressure, and it's not a knock in the kid. He's not built for a, big, a Power 5 program. He would be better served going to a mid-major for, and playing for a coach that actually knows how to coach a quarterback. Um, he, Lincoln Riley is, is a great coach, great offensive coach. But Spencer Rattler wasn't a good fit there. I never thought he was a good fit there. I don't think he's a good fit in South Carolina because they want him to be a savior. That's not who that kid is. That kid is a complimentary quarterback at his at his ceiling, he is a guy who you need a really good team around him and a good system, and he can be successful. But to ask him to be the star of your team, you ask him to lose. But even a guy that's eighth or ninth in the SEC, even a team that's eighth or ninth in the SEC, needs a starting quarterback. And he does have the chance to play under a guy like Beamer, who I think can coach quarterbacks. He's got some people in place that can help him uh, – Develop. That's not a team that's playing to play for a national championship. So he could play on a major conference level. Like maybe they don't, maybe they don't win. But I think he's going to produce more than what they've had at the quarterback position um, over the last couple of years. So I mean, I still think it's a it's a win win for for both involved in that in that situation. Okay, like I said, these are hostile environments. People have to get things figured out from top to bottom. Um, I do want to not rush us into week one, but I know we're going to have a lot to talk about because all of us are 0-0. Zero, zero. I think everybody has this, this fresh start, like we could conquer the world until we really see what we put out there other than like the team that may continue to struggle or had a questionable preseason or just don't have the dynamic of a roster to go out there and compete heavily uh, on any given Sunday. Okay, so the first game that we have here are the – and I'm, I'm, I'm bad that I'm doing this to him first. 
Uh, the New Orleans Saints are visiting the Atlanta Falcons. Um, this is an interesting one. The Saints are favored by five and a half. The Falcons are not noted to have a good day. They're not noted to have a good day, but they do have a quarterback that can actually make things happen, like, on the run. So we'll see if the Saints defense can get to him and keep this a busy day for him at home in the Mercedes-Benz Dome. Um, I, I got to save Mike for last. I, I get the best for last on this one. Chandler, your thoughts on this game? New Orleans visiting the Atlanta Falcons. The Saints are favored by five and a half on the road. Chandler, if you're talking, you're on mute, sir. Thanks. Sorry about that. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, the screen, they went off, and I didn't realize I was muted. Um, I got the Saints. Um, I don't think it's going to be close. It's going to be – they're going to win probably by 10, 10 to 12. Um, And the the drumbeat will start slowly about maybe we should start uh, Desmond Ritter, maybe Matt Ryan's washed. But uh, I don't don't, – the Falcons just aren't a good team. And this is going to be the beginning of Jameis' coming out party, and he's going to shut up all them people who have been talking trash about him. So I got the Saints by, I'd say, between 9 and 12. Mm, he thinks it's a two-possession game. I'm going to go with him, too. I'm going to say the Saints win this game. I think this is a possession game. I don't think this gets out of hand because the Falcons are starting out in their season, too. I think they're going to make this an interesting one. If the Saints come up with a big win, then they, they have to put uh, the rest of the, the league on note because it's a division rival, too, and uh, the Saints have some ground to make up, especially uh, we have to see what Jameis looks like after the injury. This He's the one that the magnifying glass should be on, at least to me, right now. If he's healthy, if he could still be able to scramble after a catastrophic injury like that. So we'll see what the Saints can do. I say they stay within a possession anywhere from three to seven. I think that this will be one of those games that everybody's watching the screen in the fourth quarter. Uh, Mike, these are your boys. Set it off. Do y'all go into this dome <laughs> and get one and bring it back to Louisiana or what? Oh, we're going to cook that bird. Maybe with some satchel. We're going to chop them up nice and fine. And we're going to have a nice little falcon dinner uh, back in the bayou on Sunday night. Now, I, it might be a close game. I'm just clowning because it's a rivalry game and the record doesn't matter uh, most years anyway. So, uh, you know, I wish I had as much confidence as uh, as Chandler does in, in, in who that nation and my Saints, but I, I do think they're going to win, uh, and I wouldn't touch it either way because I honestly think time is alone with you. I think three to seven. I just think the Saints are the more talented team. I think that Marcus Mariota is going to show some people that uh, he's still talented and can play this game at a pretty good level. And I think the Falcons do have some weapons offensively. I think that, uh, you know, they still have some receivers that have to develop and it's still a little bit of ways to go there. But they have some uh, some decent pieces on this team, and it'll be – I think they'll make a good showing today. But I say Saints. Get the win on the road uh, and go start this season one and up. Okay, the next game we have are the San Francisco 49ers going into the windy city of Chicago to play the Bears. This has fallen half a point. The Niners are favored by six and a half in Soldier Field. Uh, Mike, I'll let you set this one off. San Francisco 49ers or the Chicago Bears and why? I like the 49ers only because I think that this uh, 
only because I think that their roster is better from top to bottom. Now, I know they're not going to have Kittle, um, and I'm still curious about quarterback because, honestly, with Justin Fields even being the starter, it's still a case of they are the more – he's the more experienced quarterback in this game, which is kind of fascinating to me. But uh, I, I think San Francisco wins this game. I don't like, I don't like betting either way on the points though, because once again, I think it could be a possession. It could end up being a couple, but uh, I think San Francisco wins. I'm just not willing to say by seven or more. Uh Oh, he's trying to keep it hidden. He's hiding his food. He is hiding the food. Okay, Chandler, your thoughts on this game? San Francisco 49ers going in Chicago up against the Bears. They're favored by six and a half. Seven covers are spread. You don't have to do that. I'm just saying it to say it to you. I know. But if you want to, you can. But who do you like in this game, uh, Niners or Bears? I actually think the Bears are going to win this game. Um, I think Trey Lance is going to struggle in the elements um, because something he said leading up to this game is he's never really played in the elements because – at, at uh, North Dakota State, they played in the Dome. Um, I think he's going to struggle in this game because it's hard to play in Chicago in bad weather. Uh, you guys know that. So I think Chicago wins by a field goal. Well, it just got entertaining. Um, who do I pick in this one? I'm going to go to Niners. I think the Niners win by a field goal, though. Um, and this is bad because I've actually been in the elements of the Windy City. I've been in the elements of Soldier Field. Let me tell you, if you've not been to Chicago and what this is all about, <laughs> this, isn't, this isn't just a game. This is something that it's about, right? Soldier Field sits on the coast of Lake Michigan. If you've gone to Chicago and see what that looks like, Lake Michigan don't look like your normal lake that's in your backyard or pond or whatever. Within your backyard is a pond. You don't, you haven't seen a lake until you've seen Lake Michigan, and that's one of the smaller lakes out of the Great Lakes stuff. That thing pushes wind like crazy. So that's where that windy city stuff comes from. I was out there in December. So this is September, so it's still summertime. So I feel like I don't think the wind should be too effective today. So I think they'll be all right, but um, you never know. I, I'm not out there on the ground to know what the temperature is like. I'd have to look into it to see it. But um, I think the Niners will win this game. If they do, they pull it off. I, feel, I don't think they blow them out. But this is this is going to be one of those get-your-popcorn-ready games because it's two young quarterbacks, I think, that are going to make this a mobile game because they both are ready to take off. It'll be Trey Lance or a Fields. I think Fields is more mobile than Lance, but – Lance is going to make some things happen, too. This is going to be a game to watch, I must say. The next one I'm going to lead off, I'm going to go, well, what is, it's the Steelers and the Bengals. The Bengals are coming off of the, the Super Bowl hangover of losing. Uh, the Steelers had an in, interesting season last year going into the postseason, but they are approaching the season without a notable figure that has been there for the past 17 years in Ben Roethlisberger. So now they are starting their regime up with Mitchell Trubisky, um, I think the Bengals get this done in Ohio up against the Steelers to start this one out pretty interesting on Mike Tomlin's season without his notable starter in Benjamin Roethlisberger. Um, Chandler, I'll come to you. Your thoughts on this game? Steelers or Bengals? Uh, I hate doing this because I really want to give serious crap, but I can't. Um, Pittsburgh wins this game. I uh, don't know why, but – I think True Bill, Trubisky, 
I think he comes out there and he puts in some work. I think Cincinnati's I'm interested to see how they play because this is a team that never did anything, and now you got a bunch of guys who well, we were too bold. Now you got to win it. Okay. I think Pittsburgh wins, and honestly, I don't think it's close. Wow. Blowout. Okay. Mike, your thoughts on this game? We have the Steelers going into Cincinnati. Uh, do you agree with Chandler, or do you think uh, the Bengals get this done? No, I think the Bengals win. I, I think Pittsburgh is good defensively, and I think it, uh, Cincinnati's offensive line will get a test uh, very early, so we'll see if that line has improved at all for the Bengals. I just think they have uh, I just think they have too many weapons in Cincinnati this year. I I think that Pickens is going to be good for Pittsburgh this year, and he may even have a good day today. I think that Najee Harris is talented. I'm not sold on uh, Trubisky. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still a quarterback's league. And, and I could be wrong, And but I just think at home, uh, you give me Joe Burrow at home versus Mitchell Trubisky, and Burrow's at least got some uh, – I'll take my chances with Cincinnati. Uh, listen, I'm <laughs> – there's a lot of LSU flavor, as you know, uh, on that roster, so – in Cincinnati, they say who they, and that's what I'll say today. Let's go. I think the Steelers will go 0 and 1, and it'll be interesting to see. This is a team that I'm watching very, very closely this year because I have so much faith in Tomlin, but so much question about what happens with them, uh, you know, at the quarterback position. So if they get good play there, they'll be very good because they always are. Uh, if they don't, it could be. Trying times, I mean, it's not easy looking for a franchise uh, quarterback. We know, right, Tom? So, we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I got Cincinnati today. Uh, What was the the point number? Seven. The the Bengals are favored by seven at home. I don't know if I points. So you, you you just like you like Cincinnati straight up, okay? I, I I mean just to be fair around here, I just want to be fair. We do have Mr. Controversy in the building. James, welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this morning? I am doing good, Ty. How are you doing today? I'm all right. Ready for some football week one. Um, have you just gotten here, or you been here for a while? I've been here for a while. Um, uh, basically when I started doing uh doing picks is when I found my way in. Okay, so you could you could start from the beginning. Which uh, you caught the beginning with this? The, that's the Saints Falcons. So who do you like in that? Yep. So I'll take the Saints. Um, I will I will um, give the points. I think the Saints are going to win by what is it? What was it? Seven or ten? Um, either way, five and a half. Five and a half. Oh, that's easy. I'm taking the Saints all day with that. Um, San Francisco, Chicago. Is the big question mark is what is Trey Lance and exactly where is he going to be? I still think there's a reason why they're not getting rid of um, why they're not getting rid of Jimmy. Yeah, getting rid of Garoppolo because they don't know and they're kind of scared. So I don't think this is going to be as much of a blowout as people think it is. I will take San Francisco to win, but the Bears will cover. Uh, Pittsburgh, Cincinnati. 
Um, I will take um, the Cincinnati Bengals. I have zero faith in Trubisky. Um, so I have, yeah, so there's nothing there. <laughs> Chicago's not a group, or I mean, uh, Cincinnati's not as good as people are hyping up to be, but they are better than Pittsburgh this year. And did we do Cleveland, Carolina as well? Or have we not uh, gotten there no, yet? No, slow, slow no, slow down. I just did no. steal the Bengals. I did this steal the Bengals. Okay. So you did, you just, okay. So, so you just you're up the par. You, 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 you speeding, you speeding. Like, like, like <laughs> I understand people get, they get, they get hungry around here. They get hungry around here. Okay. So um, the next matchup I have is the Eagles going into Detroit up against the Lions. I will start with you first on this one, Chandler. Who do you like with this matchup as this spread is going up in favor of Philadelphia um, due to the front line injuries that the Lions have faced? Um, but this is going to be a very interesting matchup. Who do you like? Chandler, are you there? Can you hear me? Oh, oh, I didn't hear oh. my name. Um, <sighs> this game is going to be very tight. I really want Detroit to have a good season. But I know Philadelphia is going to have one. Oh. I'm going to take Philly by a field goal. By the way, what the hell does that mean, give the points? What does that mean? Um, if there's a spread on the game, then I'm giving, I'm giving the points. So I'm, I'm betting them to win and cover the spread. Oh, okay. So, yeah, I got out Philly, but it's going to be a close game, man. It's going to be a really close game. Chandler, Chandler, listen, I'm going to tell you something. You know me me for some years now, Chandler. What what would be a Lions game without the theater? What would it be without theater? You know what I'm like? What would it be without the theater? It wouldn't be me. I I couldn't have no type of Sunday like this. It couldn't be. It couldn't be. No other way. Mike, who do you like in this game and why uh, Philly in Ford Field up against the Lions? What's the number, Ty? It went, it's at five and a half now. It went from three and a half to five and a half. Uh, I think Ragnow may be out. Okay. I, I got to check the injury report. But if he's out, that okay. is big. But Yeah, that you know what, time. Uh, so I was not – I was wrong on the Lions as many times as I was any other team in football uh, last year on our Sunday morning picks. I don't think I missed a Sunday morning. That's the only team that I was wrong on more. Maybe if there if there was, it was only one other team. I I'm interested to see Detroit. I'm interested to see DJ Chark. I'm interested to see these guys in action. I'm I'm excited about this team. Um, I think that Philly. Um, this is a a chance for both of these teams to show us who they who they can be. I expect this to be a very very competitive game. I think Philly wins uh, this game, but I would take the uh, but but I, I would take the points. I, I like Detroit plus five and a half. Okay, James, your thoughts on this game? Eagles or Lions in four field. So if you caught the uh, the uh, predictions episode for um, for the NFL um, the NFL free for all show, I picked the Detroit Lions to make the playoffs this year. 
Um, oh my God, that just happened right now. Uh, so you should go back and listen to that. But um, with that said, I, I'm going to pick Detroit. I'm going to pick Detroit in this game. Ragnar is still questionable if he if he gets end up getting officially pulled from the game. That will make things a lot more a lot more difficult because the one of the biggest things about the Detroit Lions is they've got one of the better offensive lines in the league right now. So that should give Goff a little more time. Um, don't get me wrong, I'm not a fan of the Detroit Lions. They're bums. I hate them. But um, no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem, no problem. But I think they could be a very good team this year if they can pull it all together. Um, but I. Uh, so I will take the I will take the points at the very least. I'll take the five and a half because I, I think Detroit's going to make it a one to three point game if they do lose. But I'm picking Detroit to win this one. Sports City, y'all already know how I feel about this guy talking about my team. I don't I don't like him talking about my team, but it's all right. You know I got to take the good with the bad. You know, at the end of the day, I feel good about this team. I really want Frank to play. Frank's been missing all last season. And that was a big portion of why that season didn't go the way that we wanted to. This guy's incredible up front. It's like something had to bother him in practice. It's like, why can't we get out of our own way? But like I just said to Chandler, what would be a Lions game week one without that theater? Like, oh, my goodness, here go the Lions down to the wire. It's like even watching Hard Knocks and watching – I watched the game. Forget just watching Hard Knocks, but the game that they played up against the Colts and they scored to give up a touchdown. It's like it's one of them games that the Lions would lose and blow. And it's like, yo, come on, man. And then they came up with a stop to win the game. I'm like, this has to turn. The tide has to turn. Um, I'm going, my boys. I'm not I'm not hiding at all. I, I think the Lions could get this done. The problem they will have to deal with is the speed of their receiving core and Jalen Hurts if, if they can't corral him a lot in that backfield. Well, you got to hope to create pressure. We already have our issues up front with the defensive line. Um, not having enough defensive tackles. As much as I want to see Aiden Hutchinson go crazy and also Malcolm Rodriguez, um, Rodriguez was a guy I wanted before the draft started. Um, and they got him, and this guy not only on the team, they actually made him a starter. So um, I, I feel like we got some guys that can make some things happen, but they, they also have an official defense too. So a lot of things, this is a, a great matchup between the uh, the Eagles and the Lions. It is a perfect test for both teams. The Eagles are trying to turn their thing around, and so are the Lions. The next matchup I have hey, are wait, the New England can... Patriots. Yes. All right, can I get one, one more thing in real quick? If I'm the, I want to make Jalen Hurts stay in the pocket. I want to do everything I can to keep him in the pocket and make him beat me throwing the football and see what happens. You got to hope they could close all escape routes because, you know, everything don't go according to plan with the four-man rush. So, we'll see. I don't want to get caught up on these dudes because I'll end up crushing the rest of the show. With the Detroit Lions, Chandler, no, I can do this. Chandler, no, I can go to the left for the fifth. I can. I can. Okay. Um, <laughs> look, the next game we have are the New England Patriots going up against the Miami Dolphins, and this is in South Beach. Um, I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to go first on this one, too, because I had to tuck my tail for that last one. Um, I'm going Miami. I think Miami wins this game, and I think, let me use my Chandler, this ain't even close. I don't think this is close. New England starts off at a loss uh, on the road. Belichick has to answer some questions. Um, James, I'll come to you next. Your thoughts on this game, Patriots or Dolphins?
sorry. Did there I lose I, I was um I was lagging there on my uh mute button. So um of course one team has an okay quarterback in Mac Jones. Is is Tua starting this week? Not sure. Um yes. Oh, he is? Okay. Well, then, then the, the Dolphins are going to lose this week because they're not starting the right quarterback. I'm taking the uh, New England Patriots to win. Um, it's going to take a while for Tua and Tyreek to get in motion. Uh, and Tua is not right for what Tyreek does on the field. Tyreek can make people miss, and that's what they're banking on off those short passes from Tua, but I'm not there. I'm not there yet for for this Miami Dolphins team. I'm going to take the Patriots. Okay, I'll come to you next on this one, Mike. Who do you like, Patriots or Dolphins? I like the Miami Dolphins. I think that they're a more talented offense. I think they got weapons. I think they know what they're doing. Miami had very good luck against New England last year. For adding Tariq Hill to this team, you're kind of changing the running back, but there's still some pieces last year. Gusecki was there last year. So, you know, let's see what happens if Tua gets another year, if he continues to grow. But I think at home, opening week, the need to show something. I think the Miami Dolphins in week one at home against the New England Patriots. I'm not sure if I'm as confident as you are about it not being close, but what's the number? Whatever the number. It's all three. three. They have it at three. At three? Okay. Mm -hmm. If I get two and a half, I take the points. I probably get three. Miami in this game. I'm going going Miami. Yeah, I'll I'll lay the damn points. It's fine. Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Patriots or Dolphins? Who do you like and why? I'm going to pick the Patriots. I'm going to pick against the Dolphins all year uh, because Brian Flores doesn't have a job. So That's, well, no, he does. Concerned. No, he does. He, he, he has a job. He, he's in Pittsburgh. He's in he Pittsburgh. Should be, he, should be a head, he should be a head coach. So uh, I'm going to pick against the Dolphins literally until the day I die. Um, and with all of, the, all of the love about Tyreek Hill and this and that, um, they beat the Patriots the last few times they played them because their defense – was great, and his defense was great because of Brian Flores. Last I checked, he ain't there. So I got the Patriots by a touchdown. Okay, Chandler, I'm, no, no, I got to save Chandler for this one. Um, James, your thoughts on this one? The Baltimore Ravens in New, New Jersey, I was going to say New York, <laughs> against the Jets, six-and-a-half favorites in MetLife. See, a lot of fantasy football darlings are all coming from the Jets uh, because – They've got to put their offense through somebody, but I'm not buying the Jets as a serious team this year. I'm taking Baltimore. Uh, what's the point at? Five and a half, six and a half. Excuse me, six and a half. Baltimore. I'll I'll I'll, um, I'll, I'll lay the points. I, I will take uh, the Ravens to win and to cover. Mike, same thing. Ravens or Jets? Six and a half favorite. Uh, Baltimore and New Jersey. I. I got the Ravens minus the six and a half. I'll take them and the points. I just think they're a better team. Uh, so I, the, the Jets improved themselves in the draft, and I like the direction they're going. You know, we don't know what the answer is at quarterback, and but they had a long way to try to build back up. So they 
they laid a couple bricks, uh, but those are just bricks in that wall that hadn't come up yet. So uh, good for them. Uh, I I expect to see some progress, you know, from them throughout this year. Probably not with Joe Flacco at quarterback. I just feel like uh, him being very stationary against that Baltimore defense might not be uh, a very pleasant day for him, and he's probably going to need an ice bath. So I'll take Baltimore and the points. Okay, so the next person on this would be me, right? I'm going Ravens as well. I think they cover. Uh, I went and seen the Jets preseason. I wasn't impressed. Flacco is starting, so they're kind of letting this be like the the revenge, the revenge, and, you know, he's about to walk out the league soon. I don't know when. I'm not putting a cap on him, but I think Flacco definitely at the end of his run, so at least to give him the oldie but goodie and brought the championship back to Baltimore. But I'm going with the Ravens to get this done, and, and the guy to watch for me, I don't care how many people are going to hide from it, it's Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, I feel like they are being disrespectful to him. I think this is going to be an interesting season. If he can remain healthy, um, this is going to be some football to watch. Uh, the next matchup I have, uh, Jaguars, Commanders. This is actually a very interesting one. We, I'm trying to speed up, too, because we're getting close to 1230, but I know we're going to go over. Um, Jaguars, Commanders, I'm going to – this is tough, this game. Goodness. Uh, I'm going with the Commanders at home. Uh, even though I, I feel like Trevor Lawrence can turn this thing around, I, I just I feel like Carson Wentz has something to prove right now. A lot of people are down on them, and they're like, Carson Wentz this and that. This guy has actually been able to play football, regardless of whether he was in Indianapolis or Philadelphia. It's just not up to what people think he can do on a weekly basis. I think people know that he's better than what he's shown, and um, it hasn't really come out for naught. So I'm, I'm going to go with Commanders to win this game up against the Jags, but I think the Jags keep this interesting. Um, Chandler, your thoughts on this game? Jaguars, Commanders, who do you like and why? Yeah, I see you skipped over that Jet game. Um Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wait, wait, wait. Get both of them. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I apologize. Okay. Give, give me your Ravens Jets. Give me your Ravens Jets. Yeah, I, I, I thanked you for last on that one for a reason. I, that, I apologize. So now you get a double dub. You get that, and you get the Jaguars Commanders. Go ahead. Well, you know I got the Ravens. Uh, this is the beginning of Lamar's revenge tour. You got the front office leaking numbers. You got all these people talking about he's terrible and he don't he needs to stop running, but it's okay for Josh Allen to run. Listen. Oh, and by the way, Mike White won more games for the Jets last year than Joe Flacco did. So why is that line only at six? This should be a double-digit line because it's going to be at least a 14-point game. Oh, and the Jets, Mekhi Becton's hurt, so they went out and signed Dwayne Brown, who hasn't stayed healthy in 20 years, and now he's on the IR. So they have no left tackle for the statue of Joe Flacco. Yeah, that, that that's Ravens double digits. Easy. Um, and I'm taking the Jaguars. The Jaguars. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, Carson Wentz is trash. I'm I'm not trying to hear anything other than Carson Wentz is trash. If any of you just <laughs> say the name Carson Wentz and you don't follow it by he's trash, I can't hear you. So, Jaguars. Okay, fair enough. Okay. <laughs> Mike, your thoughts on this game? Jacksonville or D.C.? You know, this is a game I've kind of gone back and forth on. I think the Jags are going to be improved this year. Uh, that Washington has some talent on that roster. And I'm just going to say they're going to find a way to get the home win. And so I want to know. I think the Jags will probably be a better team uh, by the end of this season. 
and <clears throat> and be a more formidable opponent, like and you know have it uh, by the time this season's over. But uh, today I'm gonna the Commanders as this is their first <laughs> game of, as the Commanders, and so on their home field name they are going to win and command stadium and the winner's uh, column in the scoreboard uh, today in our nation's capital. Washington Commanders on their first official game with their to win. Okay. And uh, struggle to win and then struggle to win three more. The rest of these. James, who do you like, the Commanders or the Jaguars? So the Commanders' defense is still probably one of the um, stronger units in football. The problem is that they're not going to be on the field too long because the offensive side of the ball is um, is bad. Uh, Carson Wentz is trash, just so um, just so I can be heard. Uh, <laughs> um, but I. I think that, it, that the Jaguars finally having a head coach that's more interested in football than fondling women um, will help them wow. be a little better this year. So I'm going to uh, so I'm going to take the Jags. Wow, they went that route on a Sunday morning. Um, Felix, your thoughts on this game? Welcome to the brunch. How are you feeling this afternoon? Gentlemen, it's a pleasure to be here, man. And I'm not going to waste anybody's time out here. We're speaking about the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Washington Commanders. And honestly, for me, gentlemen, it's going to come down to a couple of things. First and foremost, it's raining sideways right now out here in the Metro. So I think the elements are going to play a factor. Um, with that being said, um, <laughs> so with that being said, that was stop, man. I'm trying to go. Uh, with that being said, I think the Jags win this ball game, um, and I, I, I think that you know Carson Wentz, albeit he is better than the quarterbacks that the Commanders have had under center, um, I think the elements and everything that's going on surrounding the Commanders are going to play an ugly factor. Um, I have picked the Jacksonville Jaguars to compete for a playoff spot this year, and I think that starts right now with an adult head coach in the room. Um, keep in mind, gentlemen, nobody knows Carson Wentz better than Dougie Peterson. He drafted him. Doug Peterson is now the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, playing Carson Wentz, need I say more. Um, I think the Jaguars get a win today, and um, it's going to make for some interesting radio uh, for me uh, here in the Metro this week. Okay, um, we're going to turn back around and go Browns-Panthers. This is interesting. We need to speed up as best as possible. Um, Cleveland is in Carolina up against a former brother of theirs. Is now it's a foe in, in uh, Baker Mayfield. Uh, Baker Mayfield has Christian McCaffrey right now. We have to see how long he can stay upright and healthy. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that this does go right for him. A lot of people expected a lot out of him for the past couple of seasons. He just hasn't been able to get through a full season with this Panther team. This this is a get-your-popcorn-ready game. I could care less on how people feel about it. Um, I'm going to go first. I think the Browns go in there and spoil this one in Carolina for Baker. I think Baker has his work cut out for him. I know that a lot of people want to see him have that Hugh Jackson game where he's talking junk to the sideline, but I, I think Cleveland, they know what they're up against. I feel like that run game could do enough to 
Carolina's defense to make this an issue. Um, James, who do you have in this game, Browns or Panthers? Just like Carson Wentz, Baker Mayfield is trash. So I'm taking the Browns all day, every day, even with Jacoby Myers um, stationed at the quarterback position. Uh, it's an AFC, a middle of the road Jacoby AFC team Brissette, against the dog, not Myers. Oh, yeah, Jacoby Brissett, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, it's it, it's early in the season. I'll get it. I'll get it all right. <laughs> um, oh boy. Um, by the time. But anyway, are you done? You're done. You're done. You're done. You're done. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm still taking the. I'm still taking the Browns. I don't care what the spread is. They're going to cover. Okay. Um, Mike, who are you like in this game? Did you call them out? Browns or Panthers? Believe it or not, I've actually thought about this uh, a little bit both ways. In when Christian McCaffrey is healthy, he's explosive, and he can be hard. I think Cleveland has enough athletes on that defense, though. And at the end of the day, I don't think that Carolina can stop uh, Cleveland from running the ball. So I'm going to take I'm going to take. Cleveland in a game that people will think it, it'll be closer uh, I think, but I think that uh, Cleveland wins. Sirius, who do you have in this game? Cleveland or Carolina? You know, there's a saying that, you know, my, 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 mom, my mom used to tell me, she goes, hell, I have no fury like a woman scoring. And if you kind of look at how this whole relationship between the Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns kind of played out. I, 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 you know, Baker Mayfield is trash. No, 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 no. If it's, it's nothing like seeing your former employer, former lover um, in your building. I, I think he's going to play motivated. I think that the team is going to rally around him. Um, let's keep in mind that the Cleveland Browns do not have a secondary. Like their secondary is not up to par. They they, they can stop the run. Um, but one of the things that uh, Baker Mayfield does do well is he does throw off scripts, and he does extend ball plays. So um, I think that that's going to be enough to, to, to get them to win. I don't expect it to be, you know, a high-scoring affair, but I do expect um, the Cleveland, not the Cleveland Browns, but the Carolina Panthers to get the one today. Chandler, who do you have in this game, Cleveland or Carolina? So they say fly Eagles fly. Today he's going to be cry, Baker, cry. Uh, Christian mm. McCaffrey will be hurt by the 10th play of the game. And what? Stop that, stop that, stop that, stop that, man. Stop that. I got in the I'm leagues, kidding. man. Come on now. Okay, you know better. The man can't listen. After that I season did. where they I gave did. him all them carries, he hasn't been able to stay healthy. Listen, 10th play of the game, Christian McCaffrey's hurt. Uh, Jacoby throws the three bills. Baker throws two picks and then winds after in the media. All day, Browns. Okay, I'm coming right back to you, Chandler. Colts or Texans? Who do you have? It's in Houston. Colts. They run. They run. They run the boys into the ground. Jonathan Taylor. I say 175 and three touchdowns. James, who do you have? Colts or Texans? I'm taking the Colts, but I think this one's going to be closer. What's the spread on this? The Colts are favored by seven. By seven, I, I I'm going to pick the Texans to cover. I think they're a better team than a lot of teams. A lot of people are giving them credit for. Maybe even to the point of being second or third in that division. 
Um, but I, the Colts are still the class of that of that uh, division, so I'm going to take the Colts. Okay. Um, who got serious? Right, serious. You didn't go on this Colts or Texans. Did we lose serious? Serious, are you still here? Okay. Well, okay, um, Colts, because I ain't got much to say. <laughs> okay. I'll take Colts. Fine. Good. I got him out of here. He's gone. The next one I have are the Giants and the Titans. Um, uh, I'll go to you on that one, Mike. Who do you like, the Titans or the Giants? The Titans are at home in Nashville. Uh, I'm waiting to see if you'll go first on this one. I think the Titans are going to underachieve as a team this year, but I think they find a way to win today at home. I think I think it might be like 12 to 7 or something. Uh, but I, I'll take the Titans at home. Okay, James, who do you like in this one? Um, Titans or the Giants? A mediocre NFC team against one of the worst NFC teams in the conference. I'm taking the Titans. Chandler, who do you like in this game? Giants or Titans in in Nashville? Giants, 28-7. Saquon, 153 touchdowns. Wow. I'm going with Derrick Henry and those guys. I think they get this done. Um, I think the Giants have a tough time trying to bring him down. Um... Everybody's gone. The NFC North rivalry, Packers and Vikings in Minnesota. I'm going to shock you guys. I'm going Minnesota. Uh, Mike, who do you like in this game, Packers or Vikings? Believe it or not, I agree with you. I think Minnesota takes care of business at home. I think this offense is cohesive. Uh, You got Lazar out. Uh, Aaron Rodgers still has game reps with these receivers. Uh, I do think they have a good running game, but – pretty stout up front, so I think that that defense can do enough to hold them off. I think Minnesota wins at home today against the Packers. Chandler, who do you like in this game? Packers or Vikings? It's in Minnesota in the Dome. Packers because uh, Kirk Cousins is still the quarterback, so Packers. James, who do you like? Green Bay or Minnesota? I'm going to take Minnesota in this one. Alan Lazard being injured is a kind of a big deal. My guess is that Lazard was going to end up being the number one for Aaron Rodgers. He's going to need a little more than DMT to get through this one. And David Bakhtiari might not even play, which would make this even worse. He did not participate in Friday's practice, which means which means a lot, I think, to me. If Bakhtiari's out, this is going to be uh, this is going to be a bloodbath. To be completely honest with you, I might I may take the Vikings to win and uh, to win big, maybe by 14 points. Okay, everyone is going on that. Chandler, Chiefs, or Cardinals, it's in the toaster in Arizona. Come on, you know who I'm picking. Come on now. It's Pat. It's Pat all day. Patty Mahomes, or Patrick as his mama called him. Yeah, yep. She will tell you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm, I'm a twin fan. I know I heard her say it because Pat Mahomes Sr. was a twin. That That is true. Um, James, who do you like in this game, Chiefs or Cardinals? This sounds weird, but I'm going to take the cards in this one. Um, hmm. I think this is an offense better built together. 
Um, well, not than the Chiefs, but um, I think the defense is the bigger portion of this. The Chiefs have been ignoring their defense for years, and it's starting to show. Um, so I'm I'm going to take the cards. Mike, who do you like in this game, Chiefs or Cardinals? I like the Chiefs. I mean, once again, I said this. I'm still picking them to win this division. You got to prove to me that uh, they're not the kings of the division. Uh, I'll take the Chiefs to flex their muscle a little bit in Week One. Still don't have D Hop. Still don't have some other pieces. I still got to try to figure some things out. So I like Kansas City. And also for me, I'm going with the Chiefs as well. Zach Ertz and J.J. Watt are both out. I don't feel comfortable with them pulling this off without those two also. The next matchup, Raiders or Chargers. I'm going with the Chargers to get this done up against the Raiders, but the Raiders will be improved. Um, Mike, who do you like in this game, Raiders or Chargers? What is this game? In where, where is this game being played? Uh, I like the Chargers to win at home. I, I think it'll – listen, uh, you talked about earlier about some other games. This is your get-your-popcorn-ready game. Uh, it was a good game. Both times they played last year during the regular season, you know, it was the last game of the year on Sunday night in which the Raiders made the playoffs. But the game before that was a very good game between these two teams as well. So this is a get-your-popcorn-ready game in the afternoon slate. But I'll take uh, the Chargers. Okay, I'm coming to you, James. Who do you like in this one, Raiders or Chargers? I'm going to take the Chargers. The Chargers are the class of this division. The um, the defense is just phenomenal from top to bottom. It's just, I mean, you've got Khalil Mack lining up across from, from Joey Bosa. It's like, it's sick. It, it's just wrong on so many levels. Um, but with that, with that said, uh, it's, I think it's going to take a little bit of time for Devontae Adams and Derek Carr to, to get into the swing of things. So I think that the um, the Rays will be better uh, at the end of the year, and I think that they do end up with a, a late, uh, lower playoff seed. Um, in this game, it's definitely the Chargers. Okay, who has not gone? I think Chandler. Chandler is not gone. Taylor, your thoughts on this? Well, the Raiders Chargers, because we are we are out of time. I'm really trying to get this in here. Raiders and Chargers, who do you like? Chargers, because this is one of the three games that Bosa and Khalil Mack won't uh, be on the field at the same time, so we both know they're going to get hurt. So Chargers in a landslide. The next matchup I have, Buccaneers-Cowboys waiting on day for Sunday night. Everybody wants to see what Brady looks like. Everybody wants to see what the Cowboys look like. This is going to be an incredible game. I'm going to actually go with the Cowboys to win this one at home. I think they changed the tide and actually send Brady on a losing note. He's 6-0 up against them in his career against the Cowboys. I'm I'm going with the Cowboys to win this one Sunday night. Um, Chandler, I'll come to you, uh, Buccaneers in Jerry's world. How about them Cowboys? How about them Cowboys? <laughs> <laughs> okay, James, who do you like uh, in this matchup, uh, Bucks or Cowboys? Well, my favorite team, the Dallas Cowboys, since I've learned that I'm cursed, the Cowboys are not my favorite team. I'm still taking the um, the Tampa Bay Bucks to win this game, though. Um, 
First of all, no Michael Gallup, which weakens the wide receiving core. No Tyrone Smith, which really weakens the offensive line. And this is after losing a few other key pieces of that offensive line to um, to free agency this year. They're not as good as they used to be, and the running game is still a shambles. Can't really get that figured out. And Mike McCarthy's still their head coach, who's who I wish was still with Aaron Rodgers. Um, but with that said, uh, I'm taking Brady and the Bucks all day long by a lot. Okay. And, Mike, who do you like in this one, Tampa or Dallas? Oldest man to play in the National Football League since 1925 or something stupid. Uh, Tom Brady, the old man, uh, rocking chair and all. We'll get it done tonight. It's going to be a close game, probably one possession. I think it'll keep us on the edge of our seats. But I think uh, Tampa Bay wins. Okay, I need all of you with your closeouts and parting shots for the Monday night game. The Broncos play Seattle in Seattle. Russell Wilson goes back to the scene of the crime where it all began for him. I need plugs and closeouts from each of you, James. I'll start with you. Your thoughts on the game and give me a plug and closeout shout-out as you set it off here for week one for the Bucs. All right, I'm, this, was e- this is easy Broncos win. Like, right now, I think the Seahawks are trying out Geno Smith as their starting quarterback, which should tell you enough about what's going on in Seattle. They're tanking. They're tanking hard. They're tanking from the beginning of the season for a number one overall pick. If they win more than one game this season, I will be shocked. Um, taking Bronco and but uh, final shout out. Uh, check out the NFL front office show on Tuesdays. It's a great show and serious and villain are holding it down. So until next time, talk to you later. Peace. Look, he's been doing plugs for the the chef. Look at this guy. Look, he he cheer for. Uh, I'm not all right. Let's keep on going, Mister Knight. I need a plug, closeout, shout out. Anything that you like to promote and your thoughts on the game for Monday night between the Broncos and the Seahawks. Uh, Broncos, Russell Wilson puts four bills on the Seahawks and dances in, in Pete Carroll's face. Um, as always, your veteran, you know any veterans, your family member or friend of a veteran that's struggling, 988, option one. Doesn't, uh, you know, they just need to talk to somebody, don't have somebody to talk to, need some help, 988, option one. Thanks a lot, guys, for having me today. Thank you, sir. Mike, your thoughts on this game? Who do you like? Broncos, Seahawks, plug, closeout, shout-out, and we shut the doors here at the brunch. There's an old R&B song used to say it right at the beginning, like we always do about this time, and that's what Russell Wilson's going to do. He's going to set it off again in Seattle tomorrow night. Broncos win, man. Uh, shout-out to UTP. Without you, I wouldn't be here. Shout-out to Wednesday night, the uh, college cookout with uh, – Good versus the villain, uh, TP and uh, the villain were good, always wins. We always have uh, lots of uh, things to serve up for you on Wednesday nights. And then, of course, the mothership, the Sunday time of Sunday morning brunch, uh, where I have the pleasure of being alongside each and every Sunday. Check out the website, sportscitychefs.com, for all the um, articles and different things we got coming out. we got some cool content there, phiapparel.co, for all your Philadelphia sports apparel needs. Uh, the Barbershop on Clubhouse, 13,000 strong and growing. We'll have a room open there in action today. Come in and chop it up with us. Just listen anytime. Just keep us on your, uh, you know, let us come through your car stereo while you're driving. Stay updated on what's going on in the world with the Barbershop on Clubhouse, man. Uh, 
But, man, until we uh, get together again, man, as we always say down in southern Louisiana, bro, lazy and labor on Tom Roulette. Much love, TP. See you next week. You already know how this go down, Sports City. I'm going with the Broncos, man. I think Russ sets it off and um, does a thriller in the middle of the state of Washington. This is what they get. This is the start of the the heavy decline for the Seahawks. I don't know if Geno could outshoot a Russell Wilson. I just don't think so. SportsCitySheffs.com, you already know how this thing go down. On that note, tell a friend to tell a friend that it's the Chefs again. And if they don't know, enjoy your week one, people. Now they know. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs, Chefs. Sports City, Sports City, Chefs. Kaboom. Sports City Chefs is in the room. Cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune. Blown like a flower in June. Superman verse MF Doom. The clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention. Tune in. We on the set again. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC. Member SIPC.